Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. Not a father figure. Till the end of time. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. After further review, I'm here with Frank Vashner and Dan Jeffrey. And before we get to Dan Jeffrey, Frank, what did you say that this is the big fish that you've been trying to reel in? I mean, you were looking, you were licking your chops like you well, were in front of a steak dinner. <laughs> well, let's just let's just say that in the off season, Dan had uh, asked if he could uh, come on at one point in time, and now that we've finally gotten dates cleared. We finally managed to get him on. He even mentioned it at a preseason meeting we had. So it's my honor to introduce a graduate of the University of Miami, Florida, my baseball signer, Dan Jeffrey Sr. Let's give him a round of applause. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. We're gonna give him a round of applause. Welcome, Dan, to the show. Uh, I'm glad that you listened to the show. Um, <laughs> uh, how long have you been listening or watching? Do you listen or watch? Well, thanks. First of all, thanks, and Frank, and uh, thanks, Derek, for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Um, umpires and baseball are my passion, and I'm 73 years old now, and wow. quite a long time. Okay, okay wow. Uh, it's, it, I'm giving back. I think that's what I'm looking for: people that want to give back, so that young kids can play. Now, now you're talking about young kids can play. And well, obviously, you, you will. You had told us that you had started doing this around 1972 when baseball was really the national pastime. And and I had talked about this with Frank, and I've listened to this on national shows. The ratings are starting to wane, and some of the people are saying that kids aren't really playing baseball like they used to. The average age of viewers for baseball is 45, and, and some people are, are actually saying that they want the game to be a faster pace or how about the, some people don't understand the unwritten rules of the game. Some people think it's silly. What is your perspective and what have you seen since 1972 to 2021 how the game of baseball has has gone up and down in the involvement of kids in baseball? Well, the, the first thing I would say is the designated hitter. Okay. Really changed the uh, baseball, especially at the lower levels from – you know, high school on down, the designated hitter is used quite a bit, uh, more frequently than at the major league level. I would also say that the velocity of pitchers, I mean, in 1972, it was rare to have anybody throwing 95 mile an hour. It seems like every night when I'm watching a ball game, even last night, Michael Fulmer hit 100 mile an hour. I've never heard of it with him before. Everybody's throwing hard. Um, and you, we used to have a lot of starting pitchers complete games. Mm-hmm. We don't have that anymore. No. Now we have all the specialists. You got the seventh inning guy, the eighth inning guy, the closer. Um, and I think that's really starting to affect batting averages because you keep seeing one high heater after another, and then a guy comes in throwing some breaking things. 
it's tough on a batter. I, I, you know what? The days and age of, of 300 hitters, there are not going to be very many of them around. Wow, that's 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 kind of point that you say that because back in the day, you know, if you were hitting over three hundred, you know, you were pretty much an elite player. Um, even if you were in the high, the mid to high three hundreds, some people are also saying, especially some of the purists, some of the old, maybe people my age, I'm around late thirties, that the strategy of the game is gone. It's basically everyone wants to hit the long ball. It's it's you know, there's no you know the guy the the the, the team on defense shifts instead of the player hitting it the opposite direction they hit it into the shift they said there's just basically guys just some of the fundamentals are kind of lost because of analytics and people just trying to hit for the fences is that do you believe in that i agree with everything you say i cringe every time i see the shift um guys don't want to bunt or hit down the third baseline even though there's Every player is, is seems like in right field. They just don't they don't want to do it. And I watch a lot of baseball every night. I watch two or three games, sometimes four. It's rare I see a sacrifice bunt. The sacrifice bunt is just disappearing. How often do you see the hit and run anymore? Those things just seem to be disappearing uh, off off the bat. And it's it's boring. Everybody's swinging with the just lift thing and try to hit a home run now i i listened to a few national this was actually it's actually kind of cool that you're coming on here because i listen to a, a, a i work at i work midnights at ups so to get through the shift i have to listen to sports talk radio and you know um and one of the shows that i listened to they were saying this i know you might cringe hearing this some people want baseball umpires to pretty much be eliminated and go computerized. But what's going to happen is the umpires just monitor the computer to make sure that it's calling balls and strikes better because some people think with with it being – they don't like the human element. And I, I enjoy the human element in sports. I don't want everything to go computerized. I think it, it's, it's going down the dark path. But people want this because they think that – the one the computer will be more accurate which computers can make glitches i mean they're made by humans one and uh two they think it'll make the pace of play go better uh any thoughts on that of where maybe in 10 5 to 10 years they start to computerize things for the game of baseball as far as umpiring calling balls and strikes well i see that they're trying trying some of it in the minor leagues i'm with you i like the human element I don't want to see it ever taken out of the game. Uh, I do like instant replay, but they're not doing instant replay on balls and strikes. Uh, one of the written and unwritten rules is we don't argue balls and strikes. So, but they end up doing that. Who are you going to argue with? The computer. And I don't mean to be political here, but after the last election and nobody was was trusting anything with the computer, how do I trust that computer is going to is it rigged or fixed? That yeah, is true. That is true. So, good point. Uh, good point. What do you think about a lot of the no hitters? Now people are complaining. First, people were saying the ball is juiced. I know that they said they've deadened the ball. And now, in this, this past week, we had two no hitters. But now people are complaining about that. It just seems like we live in a world where no one's ever satisfied. I, lo- I love it. I mean, I stayed up to one o'clock in the morning to watch the Tigers no hitter the other night. Mm hmm. I tried to keep those eyes open to see it. It was thrilling. 
it was really exciting for the Tigers. Then the next night, the Yankees get that. It's difficult to do. I don't care if whatever they loosen things up and it's easier to do. I'll tell you what. Try getting 27 outs without giving up a base hit because guys sometimes will hit it off the end of the bat. It's a blue pin in the right field, and 30 years later he's at the bar talking what a line drive he hit that, that day. And then sometimes you hit a line drive, and the guy makes a terrific play. And baseball, you never know. And to get a no-hitter, even the seven-inning no-hitter, Frank and I worked high school where it's seven innings. It's a thrill, an absolute thrill to be a part of that, not only for the pitcher, the catcher, and for the umpire. Wow, yeah, I, I bet it is. I mean, because that's just something that you don't see all the time, especially in a perfect game. You know, get all three batters out all the time. Yeah, cause, well, because Dan, there was a time I was doing a I was doing a summer ball tournament, and there was and there was this twelve uh, U team where they had two pitchers combined for a perfect game. Hey, man, this and I think it was the only game all weekend that they had won. I mean, I think that just shows you that. Baseball can pretty much anything can happen on any given moment, regardless of how good or bad your team is. Well, baseball, I've been around a long time, and this year I've seen a couple things I've never seen in before. I was down watching one of my my umpires working home plate at Wyandotte Roosevelt this year, and they were playing Trenton. And the game went 11 innings. Trenton did win in the, in the 11th inning. But the amazing part of the game was both starting pitchers through 10 innings were underneath the pitch count, and both starting pitchers had no hitters. Wow. For 10 innings, not one hit. And finally, one of the teams booted a couple of uh, balls, and the game was over one nothing. I mean, to see two no-hitters at one time, was, it was a crazy. Never seen it before. Yeah, that that's that's something that's just astronomical, if you ask me. He's seen two pitchers go that far, especially since they're probably get, getting quick outs via ground ball or fly out or guys are striking out and not working the count up very high. Now, can I ask you this, Dan? Are you guys, just like all the other sports, having problems recruiting younger umpires into the game and what are you doing to try to overcome that because i know that the fans out there nowadays are just brutal i'm a coach so I, I deal with it sometimes as well but you know a lot of people just say look man i can't deal with this i know it's decent pay but uh-uh, not for me if these parents are gonna keep coming at me it's, it's a national crisis in all sports and baseball specifically is really struggling because the one thing about baseball over any other sport to get into the game, you may be great at rules. You're a great athlete. You know, you know everything about it. It costs you a minimum of a thousand dollars to put on the plate shoes, the protective equipment to keep yourself from getting hit by those baseballs. Basketball, you get a, you, you get a ball. Other games, all you need is a, a little bit, a whistle. That's it. But in baseball, you have to invest $1,000. So if you have high school kids who don't have that kind of money, we have to have some of our older umpires donate some of the equipment. And we work hard at, at trying to get some young kids some free equipment 
just to keep them in the game because they can't afford that money. Wow. That's the first start, the first problem with baseball. Uh, the second thing is parents have just run the younger umpires out of the game. They, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to listen to that nonsense. And they've, they've never really been faced with something like that before. It scares them. Mm. And what we're doing to try to change some of that element is I have a lot of freshmen and JV games, and so now I'm taking some 7th and 8th grade games, and I'll have younger umpires start there with a veteran gentleman or a lady. And they, they help school them and absorb some of that nastiness of the unsportsmanlike behavior that surrounds the game. And these kids, it's difficult for them to understand why people act like that. It's embarrassing. I personally go out to watch my umpires every day. And I'll be after this call, I'm going to be going out. I sit in my car, either in left field or right center field, because I cannot stand to listen to what the parents are saying, especially when it starts to get directed to a young 18 or 19-year-old kid out there trying. Now, my grandson's 13. He's been umpiring now for two years in the Howell Youth Program. And I'll tell you what, I'm really protective of him. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, he's going to make mistakes. And the proof of the pudding is the guys who work the major leagues playoff games and all-star games, they have to average 96% on the Quest Tech. Quest Tech is the measure of the balls and strikes. Should it have been a ball or should it not have been a ball or was it a strike? And the umpires get that an hour after their home plate game. They have to average 96%. Now, I'm not a great mathematician, but if you throw 250 pitches and you got 4% wrong balls and strikes, that's the best of the best are getting 10 wrong every game. And these people expect high school umpires like Frank and myself and all the other guys that work for me to be perfect. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and, 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 you know, I will say this. I think some parents, and I, I've seen this because, like I said, I coach, so I've seen them go after refs. I've seen them go after coaches. <laughs> I've, I've gone to some – I coach AAU, which I'll be going to later on today, and I've seen some parents just do it on purpose. I think some people just do it to, to get a – it's it's for kicks. It's just to see – to get a rise out of you. Some of them are probably cowards. Um, you know, I've seen some parents got upset at a referee at an AAU tournament and got upset at the opposing team because they used a strategy that they didn't like and was like, well, let the kids play, and you needed to do this, and you needed to do that. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, you're, you're, oh, here you are in a backwards hat and some Jerusalem cruisers trying to tell a coach, an opposing team, what he should do because he went to a strategy where he was up and he decided to stall the ball on your team so he could get the win. And then was yelling at the referees because they weren't trying to, they weren't initiating the five second call. It's just like, what, what do you want? Just shut up and watch the game. If you want to do it, then you go out there and do it. I always tell parents that if you want to do it, you go out there and you be the referee or the umpire or the coach. And then you usually, a lot of times when I've confronted parents like that, they shut up. 
Well, I've had parents confront me. They see me, and I'll be in the grocery store. Wow. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll carry a business card, with, and on, on the back, it has the MHSAA.com, 517-332-5046. We need you. And I hand it to them and tell them, you know, you're right. We need you. Get out on the field. And I hand them that card. I won't talk about anything else after that. What do they do? They say, well, thanks for the employment opportunity, or they just they give you a weird look? The weird look. <laughs> <laughs> it's the weird look. No, we, but I'm, I'm on the board of directors of the Southeast Michigan Upper Camp, which is held the third weekend of every February. It's uh, been in Livonia Stevenson until this past year with COVID, and we're hopefully to be back next year. And we... Our, our goal is to train younger umpires and, and to make them better, to get them to the high school. And we also train guys to, to go on to go to the college level. And then we have the Dode Clinic in Grand Rapids, which is the first weekend of February, where the, the, the umpires that are a little more uh, advanced and, and can start looking at the three-man mechanics and different things advance to the college level they're the two biggest camps in the in the state of michigan um for for students especially seabuck we're very economical uh it is a great place our our lead instructor is dick Lentz. dick is from Hollow, michigan and he's a second year major league baseball umpire number 59 uh we've had adam amari who's in the, the the big leagues james hoy has been with some of our instructors. We have a lot of minor league guys. We have NCAA guys and high school guys that to help. They come in. We donate our time for three straight days to to help umpires improve. Uh, we're also doing some training sessions, doing Zoom meetings with youth programs in South Lyon, uh, Northville, Howell. We've got about sixty young umpires that we're doing Zoom meetings. Uh, and we have to have guys. As we get older, I tell my older umpires, you've got to give back. What got you here? If we don't give back, we're, we're going to lose this game. And, and the other way we're recruiting is we have, I have some speakers of my group. And we go into, excuse me, we go into the parent meeting before the school starts. And we'll talk about sportsmanship. And when we leave, we talk about empty nest syndrome. I mean, here's a parent, and you've been, as you're a coach yourself, you're dragging your kid around for eight, 15 to 18 years, going to all their ball games, whatever they're playing. And now they're done. They may not be good enough to go on to college. Their career is over. What are you going to do? Why don't you call the MHSAA? and become an official, and give back so that the next generation can continue to play. And we need to, I have a number of people doing that now. Uh, we're, we're attracting, we're looking for people who are retiring after 30 and out and are 50 to 55. They've got a good 50 to 20 years, a lot of baseball or sports knowledge that they can give back and become officials so that young kids can play. Yeah, that, that is true. It is it is about giving back, and it, it just it's, it's amazing. I never would have imagined that there would ever be a umpire shortage. Because I mean, I mean, I knew some guys that played ball 
And they were like, yeah, you know, I'm a referee now and I'm getting into it. And they, and they like it, but it just seems like, I don't know, It's things have just got, I don't know, is it the social media era that's kind of done it too? Because it seems like it's more of a microscope now on umpires and, and referees now. And, and I think some of that has kind of been spurned from a social media because nowadays everything gets put on social media. Everyone has a phone. I mean, I just saw the AAU tournament where a referee made a bad call in Indianapolis and they went and jumped the guy. You know, that's just like, what? Oh, that's terrible. Well, the social media ha- has done that. And I will say uh, for myself as an assigner, I have a responsibility. I take a responsibility to make sure that my umpires are advancing. And and I want I want to find out if doing some things wrong and give them co- constructive criticism to make them better. And I am now using social media. At night when I get home, I'm on Twitter. And I'm looking. Because every night I've got parents making a, a, pick, a, a video of little Johnny's double, Susie's home run. And what I'm watching is I'm watching when that home run leaves, there's a home plate umpire clear the catcher to the left, mask off with the right hand, out to the bump to see the call, make the call, hustle back, protect the plate, and do all those things. And if they're not right, first thing I do is I copy, attach, send an email, and the copy is peekaboo, what do I see? And I said that to the umpire as a training thing. So I'm finding that social media now is helping me hmm. because yeah. I've, I've got 400 umpires. I can't see them every day. Wow. You have 400 umpires. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, and the other thing, too, with social media, Dan, sometimes it it tends to where, pe- where people try and find be the low-hanging fruit and find the low-hanging fruit because somebody – Shared a video of an umpire. I don't know if it was Barstool Sports or who it was that he called called a, a stri- called a strike when the pitch was clearly in the dirt. And I mean, look, I know he got roasted for it, and but I think a lot there's a lot of people who say, well, if one umpire's like that, then all of them are like that, and I wholeheartedly will disagree with that. And I mean that's probably one thing I one problem I do have. So I mean I can see where the social media works both ways. I, I agree. Uh, Frank and I are on uh, on Twitter, and I see him on, on Facebook. And I, you know, we're both on a number of umpire social media things. And sometimes the people are so critical. Uh, I have to bite my tongue. I try not to respond unless it's every once in a while there's something that, you know, something cute I want to say. That's about it. And I stay out of those, those things because it, it just it doesn't do me any good. Grazes my blood pressure. I don't need to see that stuff. And, and I, I look at every school that I assign for, which is 52 of them, I'm on their Twitter page. Uh, I'm uh, you know all their sports, and I want to see what they're doing through all their program. And it's nice to, nice to see some of the, the the pictures of the people that are, are getting college scholarships and moving on. I try personally try to use it as a benefit for me in, in a in a positive way. There's too much negativity out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's going in depth about your job, about how how do you do all the assigning and how many schools you got four hundred 
umpires, but how many, you know, what region? 52 schools. 52 schools. Basically in the southeast Michigan region, or is it further west, further north, or how's... My, my most northern school is Grand Blake by Flint. Okay. My most southern school is Morency. You know, all the way across Morency, Ottawa Lake, Whiteford, okay. to Bedford. And my most western school is Jackson. Okay. And my most eastern school is Why Not Roosevelt. That is a huge area. Yeah, because you said it's the uh, the south, both southeastern conferences, the red and the white, the tri county conference, the uh, KLAA east and west, and Grant. I'm trying to remember what conference Grand Blank is in. I'm drawing a blank. Grand Blank now is in the it's in the conference with Gross Points, Midland, Midland Dow. Oh, yeah. It's a large conference. Yeah, and you, I have the Dow River League too, and, and you all, and half of the Huron League. <laughs> Yes, yes, and I, I enjoy it. I personally, I look forward to this time of the year. Uh, baseball, I tell you, said it once, I'll say it ever. I have a passion for baseball. I got it from my dad. Um, I just love the sport. I was a a coach, an umpire, and I was a football, high school football coach too. And baseball is, I don't assign any other sport. And I start getting. I started signing for March games in September. Really? And the reason I do that is I know I have a good database and a good, a good core group of umpires. And I encourage the Southeast Conference and the other conferences get me your schedule. And the first thing I look for: what day does Bedford play in Saline? I got to make sure I've got top guys on that game. Those three games are very competitive, high, high, strong games. I got to have my best umpires there. That's the first thing I do is go through the league schedules and pick out those big arch rivalry games and get my best umpires. And I do that in September, six months in advance. Hmm. Wow. On average, how much does an umpire make in the high school ranks up in Michigan, like a per game? Like, it varies upon the level. Okay. I just recently got some fee increases, and uh, at the var- varsity level, they make $60 for a single, 120 for a double, and uh, JV is 50 and 100 and now the freshmen have gone to 45 and 90 with a time limit. Now, the Kensington Lakes and Down River League, the freshmen only play five inning games because... This the pitching thing, the pitch count. They've re- decided that it made it a better game by reducing it to five innings, and uh, it, it is working a lot better. Um, and the Kensington Lakes at JV, they play seven inning and a five inning game because of the pitching pitch count rules that are there. Mm, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I honestly love that the uh, the Down River has the. Uh, the two five-inning games for freshman doubleheaders because I think it was back on uh, April 10th, uh, Roy Bingham and I worked a doubleheader between Trenton and Dearborn Divine Child, and both games ended up taking about an hour and ten minutes. I mean, because we told told players, coaches, got to hustle in and out, and they did just that. that. We kept it a minute between innings, and... Uh, and of course, we called strikes like you have 
said to us constantly. I can't, I can't even begin to count how many times you have told all your umpires, call strikes, every pitch to strike until otherwise proven, and some variation of that. Wow, explain that, call strikes. <laughs> every walk adds five minutes to a game. I'm a grandparent, and I go out and watch my grandson. I want to see him hit the ball. I want to see other kids field the ball, throw the ball. I want to see kids run. I don't want to see walks. How boring. And we're losing kids to other sports. I know like in the, in the very south area, the TCC, they don't have this problem. But lacrosse has become a huge sport mm-hmm. in the metro Detroit area. Mm-hmm. It's fast. It gets done fast. We're losing a lot of athletes, male athletes to lacrosse. We're losing officials to lacrosse. It was just an Eastern sport years ago. Man, that, yeah. that, that's crazy. And now it's coming to the Midwest, and it is blowing up. Because, oh, by the way, it's blowing up here in Ohio. And I forgot about that. Lacrosse is taking kind of like the, the reverse of football, where soccer is starting to blow up. It's starting to take football players in the fall. It looks like lacrosse is taking umpires and, and baseball players in the spring. They definitely are. And to go back to Frank's point of his two five-inning games for being like an hour and ten minutes, you know what? Not only do the umpires get out of there faster, the parents get home and the kids can get meals. They're not getting home at 10 o'clock at night. They can study, do their things. The game was interesting. It wasn't a three-hour thing. where And it's a wind chill factor of 19 degrees, and nobody wants to be there. <laughs> yeah, there, there's been those early season games where I've worked where it's just felt really cold. You got all your layers on, and, and it's like, oh, this feels awful. And, but then, of course, late in the season, obviously, on a day, there, there's days like these last couple days where the temperatures are near 90 degrees, and you're, got, you're behind the plate. You got all your gear on, and you're just, you just got to make sure you take your extra water and Gatorade with you to stay hydrated. <laughs> You definitely better be hydrated with oh, 87 sure. and all that gear on. So, uh, wrapping this up, because we've got to get going, i got to ask you, how is Frank as an umpire? Uh, Frank's really improved. He's got a great demeanor. The, the number one thing I like about Frank, he loves the game. The second thing, he's there for the right reasons. You know? There's, are there guys that go in there for the wrong reasons? Yeah, they're there for the money. Okay. You know, I get a good example. Let, let's say Bedford was was having a home game, and, it, and the umpire is supposed to make sixty dollars. Well, with all the COVID and the rainouts and stuff, the games get switched. And at the last minute, it went from a varsity game to a JV game, and now the umpire only is making fifty dollars. You know, I don't need emails and phone calls and texts complaining. That the school gypped about a ten dollars. <laughs> Come on, I mean, why that... is it there over ten bucks? Come on. I mean, I mean, the way the way I look at it is, I mean, yeah, I'm doing a, a lower level, but it's still money in my pocket. I'm not going to complain about that. Well, the, the point is, you're not supposed to be doing it for the money. You're yeah, I know. I don't do it game. for the money. I do, I do it because I love help, baseball, helping kids, and yeah. making money is the plus. Yeah. But that's just we, a that's just a nice little perk. But we live in a monetized world nowadays, where and the same thing in coaching, where I think a lot of coaches do it. You don't really get paid a lot, but some coaches do it for the wrong reasons, as far as 
I call it the swag factor. Um, you don't really get that much in the umpiring, but as far as a lot of coaches want the notoriety and something to feed their ego, and they're, you can tell that, that you can tell they're not there for the kids; <laughs> they're there for their own personal agenda. Uh, what else about Frank? That that I mean, those, the, to look at umpires. First, I want guys there for the right reasons, mm-hmm. and money is not the right reason. Now, I know that like some high school kids and stuff. It's a big turn on when all of a sudden you know you you do a, a weekend tournament and you got three or four hundred dollars in your pocket. You're sixteen years old. Well, money is important, but as you get older, money isn't the issue. Mm-hmm. We're there for the right reasons. The main reason that I, that I like about Frank, he's there to help make baseball a rewarding experience for the student athletes, and that's the bottom line. Amen. Yeah, that is a good one right there. You got, you got to give him the, give him a clap right there. Right there. Yeah, that. Yeah, amen to that. One. Dan, thanks so much for uh, for calling in. What's up next for your agenda here for Memorial Day weekend? Isn't it a big baseball weekend in Michigan? Memorial Day weekend. It is. There's a lot of tournaments. It's also the weekend prior to the state tournament. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday, we have the pre districts, uh, and then. On Saturday, we have the districts. And I'll tell you what, in in your area there, I encourage anybody to get in their cars and go out to Woodhaven, Michigan, go to to Woodhaven Brownsville High School, where you're going to see the Bedford kicking mules with Woodhaven, two of the top five, ten teams in the state of Michigan in baseball. And you can also wander over to Trenton, where they have it. And both Trenton and uh, Woodhaven have starting pitchers that, Next year, we'll be playing for Jake Boss and the Michigan State Spartans. Uh, and Bedford is, my umpires tell me, that's the best team they've seen all year. Brandon, with, with Brandon Nye. Uh, yeah, yeah, starting shortstop is going to Oakland University. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, if you're, if you're a baseball purist, high school baseball is the thing. They, they still bunt. They still sacrifice bunt. They hit and run. And they do a lot of stuff that I, as an old-school guy, really appreciate. There's no analytics and metrics in high school baseball. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. They've been killing Well, Dan, thanks so much. Yeah, really appreciate you coming on, Dan. Dropping that All right, guys. Dan, you have a good weekend. You too. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Derek. Yep. Be well. Yeah. Yep, that was Dan Jeffrey calling in. Man, once again, let me give another one of those clue pods. Oh, man, that was you, we, you, I mean, you listen to this. You have gotten your fill of knowledge today, people. That is, that is, that is so true. Yes, Frank. So, Frank, when we get on out of here, I gotta hit the hit the goal and go on east. You know, off to Sandusky. Actually, off to Lorraine. Oh, Lorraine. Yeah, a little <laughs> was, bit further east. Yes, yeah, a little bit further east. Another half hour, twenty minutes, a half hour east. So, I, I gotta get kind of going here. But, uh, what, what do you got going on this weekend? I'm not sure what's going to be going on the rest of today. Well, hey, yeah, it's, it's pretty much the last day of my weekend because I got to be to work on Sunday. Oh, that's right. You're working still at Amazon. You're pushing those boxes? Uh, stone product and occasionally helping out on the docks if needed. Oh, you're moving up in the world, huh? Well, I, I'm pretty much certified to go work on outbound dock if they need me. <laughs> Is that one lady still work there from uh, Oh, Liz? Yeah. Yeah, she's still there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
Yeah, she, she's still your supervisor, right? Oh, she's not a supervisor. She's been she's been working it with Amnesty. She's also done um, Problem Solve, and then I think she was um, having a stint as a learning ambassador, just in one area. Uh, so she's just you know, kind of doing different things, kind of like I, I've been doing, with, like helping out on the docks. Right. So it's going to be another week there, and of course, last week. Last week, the regular season for baseball, and mm-hmm. I mean, I know Dan mentioned uh, Trenton. I'll actually be working a JV game there this Friday. I'm really looking forward to brand new field turf. I like it when we get the lo- local guys on it. That, that was a really good interview, and that'll be posted up on our SoundCloud and iTunes page, WXUTs. After further review, we'll be back in a couple of weeks live back here on the radio station. Our computer crashed, so in the station so we've been playing a lot of the 80s hits for uh, a random computer an old macbook pro but hope you guys enjoyed that like i said i will post that up there because that was wow that was that was poignant right there but you guys go ahead and have a good weekend frank have a good weekend as well david the man out here is will probably join us in a couple of weeks for frank and david i'm Derek lawson uh stay out there stay cool and uh remember always listen to 88.3 wts after further review on saturdays 11 30 to 1.30 or on iTunes and SoundCloud if you missed the segments. Peace. We'll see you when we see you.